Hi, so I'm Philippa Harris, the Deputy Editor of The Lancet HIV, and welcome to our April podcast. Today I'm talking to Dr. Paul Drain from the University of Washington in the States, and we're going to be talking about Paul's recent trial on point-of-care HIV viral load testing combined with task shifting, which was conducted in South Africa and was published in the April issue of the journal. Hi, Paul. Thanks for talking to us today. Yeah, hi, Philippa. Thank you for having me. Okay, so um, to start us off, do you want to tell us sort of what the current guidelines for viral load testing are and how frequently countries manage to meet these? Sure. So the WHO guidelines for viral load testing are to first test at six months after ART initiation. And then if the viral load is suppressed, the viral load should be tested at 12 months and then annually for routine monitoring. If at any point the viral load is high, then the viral load should be repeated in three months. And so these were the guidelines that were used in South Africa during our study. And meeting these HIV viral load uh, testing recommendations really depends on the resources available for the clinics and for the laboratories. First, the centralized laboratories need to have machines available and in good operation, as well as the viral load assays to run the tests. Then the clinics also need to be able to meet the demands of their patient volume and to be able to send these tests to a centralized laboratory. And sometimes this is often based on the proximity of the clinics to the lab. In the KwaZulu-Natal province of South Africa, uh, one clinician, Dr. Henry Sunpass, has uh, led an excellent project to use an electronic database to routinely evaluate the viral load testing that's being performed at each clinic. This allows each clinic to understand their volume of viral load tests on a regular basis, as well as their performance in meeting the treatment goals for suppression. It also allows the provincial health department to know which clinics are performing well and which clinics may need some more more, uh, support. This has been excellent for achieving better standards in South Africa, but it may be hard to replicate elsewhere. And yes, you sort of alluded to some of the the barriers that that people can find challenging. So when people notice that that clinics or or health facilities are are not doing so well with their viral load testing, what are the approaches to improve this? What what kind of the main barriers and the approaches to mitigate those? Sure. Well, we see that there's both uh, clinic level barriers and patient level barriers. Currently, all viral load testing is being conducted at centralized laboratories. And usually this is in a different location from the clinic. So the the clinical uh, barriers really start with being able to access HIV viral load testing in the centralized labs. And the centralized laboratory machines are still really expensive, even though they can do high volumes of tests. But the centralized laboratory testing requires that a health worker is able to collect the samples from the patient, ship them over to a centralized lab. The laboratory needs to receive these samples. They need to have laboratory personnel to accurately run the test and report those uh, test results back to the clinic. And then once all that's completed, the clinic needs to have a system in order to notify uh, these patients with their results. There's also some patient-level barriers uh, in this process as well. So these may include the the effort and the cost of traveling to the clinic, uh, some of the time that might be spent waiting inside the clinic, as well as any positive or negative interactions they may have with the clinic staff. And then finally, any perceived stigma that they may have of attending the, the clinic or feeling Uh, welcome inside the clinic. In our study, uh, as with most clinics in South Africa, the lab was at an off-site location from the clinic. The lab received and completed the viral load testing in just two or three days, which is typical in South Africa, but the results were not communicated to the patient until they returned to the clinic. 
So in our study, the average time for patients to learn of their viral load result, whether it was suppressed or elevated, was one to two months after the blood was taken and after the result was already known in the centralized lab. So in our study, the intervention arm received point of care HIV viral load testing, and this was performed and resulted to the patient on the same day as their clinic visit. And not only did the patients appreciate knowing their viral load results on the same day, but the healthcare workers and the laboratory personnel also appreciated this approach to testing. Right. And so, yeah, so your trial, so we were looking at point of care viral load testing, um, but also task shifting. So do you want to give us kind of an outline of, of what your trial was aiming to study and what were the main findings that came out of it? Sure. So the goal of our study was really to determine whether point of care HIV viral load testing with task shifting changed the treatment and care outcomes for adults that were receiving ART. So we enrolled HIV positive adults at six months after ART initiation, and we randomized them to receive either point of care viral load testing, and this was done by the Cep- using the Cepheid uh, gene expert machine, along with task shifting to an enrolled nurse. So most of the uh, patients in South Africa see a professional nurse. And we compared this group to the standard laboratory viral load testing with a professional nurse, uh, which is the standard of care. The study was done at a public clinic in Durban, South Africa. So HIV care followed all South African guidelines and HIV viral load testing was conducted at enrollment and after six months into the study, which is at 12 months after ART initiation. In the intervention arm, the clinically stable patients with a suppressed viral load were seen and had ART issued by an enrolled nurse rather than a standard professional nurse. And the primary outcome was combined viral suppression, which we considered to be less than 200 copies per ml as well as retention and care at the clinic at 12 months after enrollment. We also evaluated switching to second-line ART and referral into the community-based ART delivery program. So among the 390 people enrolled, there were 195 people per arm, and 90% 90 of those uh, participants in the intervention arm achieved the primary outcome with clinic retention and viral suppression while only 76% of those people in the standard of care arm achieved the same goal. So the difference was 14% higher for the intervention arm, and this was statistically superior to the standard of care arm. When we examined the components of the primary outcome in the intervention arm, the viral suppression was uh, over 10% higher in the intervention arm compared to the standard of care arm. Additionally, the intervention also led to faster switching to second-line ART initiation uh, for those with treatment failure, and it also led to faster enrollment into the community-based ART delivery program. And how do you see um, the results from the trial being implemented more widely? Yeah, so we're currently conducting cost-effectiveness analyses of our data to determine how feasible this will be to implement at a larger scale, particularly in South Africa. And from our earlier work, it seems that this intervention will be particularly helpful for larger clinics since there'll be some upfront costs of investing in the point-of-care viral load machines. But however, if the cost is reduced in the point-of-care viral load machines or if they're shared with the TB program, uh, which is common in South Africa, then this intervention may be cost-effective for nearly all clinics. We're also working with the National Health Laboratory Service in South Africa to determine how point-of-care viral load monitoring could be best distributed and implemented in clinics throughout South Africa. So part of these decisions are based on the volumes of the clinics and also their proximity to the centralized labs.
And we've also started some discussions with the World Health Organization on the importance of being able to provide viral load uh, results to patients in a timely manner. So there's discussions about changing the viral load monitoring guidelines, but we're still very early in that process and we'd like to have some additional data. So overall, uh, many discussions are now being focused on how we can deliver better care for people living with HIV. And in some cases, um, this may be delivering more community-based services, or in the case of our study, um, it could be providing same-day point-of-care viral load testing. And are there any other approaches to kind of improving viral load testing um, and, and relaying those results that you've seen that you think you know, are promising or that require more investigation? Yeah, so we're currently conducting a follow-up randomized clinical trial among people who have been started on dolutegravir-based ART in South Africa. Uh, this study is called the STREAM HIV study. In addition, we've spent the last several years developing a point-of-care test to objectively detect the presence of HIV medications as a tool to monitor ART adherence. So we've now developed a rapid test to detect tenofovir in urine samples. So in this new trial, we'll be determining uh, if a point-of-care urine tenofovir test with appropriate adherence counseling can achieve short-term adherence gains, but also long-term outcomes in, in terms of viral suppression. We'll be evaluating the use of this urine test among those who also have a high point-of-care HIV viral load to help us identify whether those patients with viremia uh, may need more adherence counseling or need some additional HIV resistance testing. So overall, I'm quite hopeful that we'll continue to make advances with more point-of-care tests. I think we need to do a lot more work in figuring out how this can integrate with the typical healthcare systems. And as we've shown in this study and our work, point-of-care testing can simplify treatment and improve outcomes for HIV-positive adults who are receiving ART in resource-limited settings. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, Paul. Um, and like I said, um, you can read um, all about the trial in the April issue of the Lancet HIV. Thank you.